Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. Hi, everybody. I'm Madeline Hewitt. And it's just us today. Jeannie's out of town again. And welcome, everybody, to our Friday radio show, our nutrition show. Now, we're almost to our one-year anniversary doing this show, and we received some exciting news yesterday. We're really excited about it. We are up to 8,000 listeners total a month. So 8,000. Most of our listeners come from Minnesota, which is excellent because that's where we're located. Uh, But they also come from all over the United States, as well as from a few other countries. And we're so excited with this news. So thank you to all our listeners. We want you to keep listening, whether it's live or to the replays, and share this show with your friends and your family. And it really is amazing and so gratifying, at least for me, it's so gratifying to be a part of something so powerful. So thank you again. Now, we know we're talking to a specific crowd of listeners. You're all health conscious, and you're concerned about putting healthy foods into your body. And you probably know that real food is the way to go, and you probably read food packages, read food labels when you're going to choose packaged foods. You probably choose mostly organic foods. And you definitely know that not all packaged foods are created equally. But even though you're looking at the labels and you're trying to choose the best possible foods for you and for your family, it's tricky to know what exactly is good for you or what isn't so good for you. And food manufacturers use words and pictures and colors and different phrases on their packaging to make the food seem more healthy and much more nutritious. For example, um, they tend to use buzzwords that are flying around in the current media. Back in the 80s, when avoiding fat was more popular, you would see more of the label low-fat. And in the 90s as well, even today, everything would be labeled low-fat or fat-free. And this would even be found on foods that were naturally fat-free. It would still have this label, and then you would think, oh, it's fat-free. That must be a healthy food for me. Well, you still see that low-fat label today. 
And the Ladies Home Journal, I was just looking through some magazines the other day, and there was a list of the healthiest salad dressings. And they rated the top healthiest choice for a salad dressing as the low-fat Italian. So if you read that magazine and now you go into the stores and you're looking for the healthiest choice, you would probably look for that low-fat label on any of the salad dressings. Now, we've talked extensively on past shows to why low-fat is not the healthiest choice, whether you're choosing a piece of chicken or you're choosing a salad dressing. But really, the point is that food manufacturers know what consumers are looking for, and they'll draw you in using choice words. Or maybe you don't pay any attention to the labels or to the ingredients. I was talking to a client after class the other day, and she was telling me how her husband will take forever in the store, and he'll pick up a box, he'll examine it, he'll turn it over a few times, and he'll study it, then he'll put it back and move to the next one. But she's not like that at all. She will just whiz through the grocery store and just pick out all of the things that she's either just bought before or maybe she's heard her friends recommend to her, or maybe she just likes the front of the package. And if she does stop occasionally and skim the front of the package, if it looks satisfactory, she'll just take it, but she'll rarely study the package further or rarely turn it around and look at the ingredients. And she found that it's just so overwhelming. And this might be you today as well. You might find it really overwhelming to even know what's going on in your food. But don't worry, we did most of the investigating already. And we're here on the show today to share with you what we found out about what to look for on food packages, what is okay to go with and what you want to choose and what you want to avoid at all costs. And our goal today is to clear up any confusion and enlighten you to new hidden ingredients you may never have recognized before. So let's jump into the show. There are two places on a package that you want to look. One is the front label, and that would be the label that has the name of the food, it has the brand, and it probably has some pictures and some other words on it. The other area on the package is the ingredients list. So let's talk about the front of the label first. And if we're talking about labels, we could be talking about foods like crackers or cookies or cake mixes, packages of breads, frozen dinners. What else would be some food ideas? Gluten-free spaghetti. Yep, gluten-free spaghetti, pastas, mm-hmm. rice. Um, and we could frozen also... pizzas. Yep, pizzas, frozen dinners. Free donuts. Things that are advertised to children. So yogurts, that could be for anyone, or those ones especially advertised to children, or kefir. Cereal and granola. Yep, absolutely. And then we're also talking about not the main topic today, but you also want to pay a- attention to the packaging on chicken or other meat, on eggs, on your meats and your eggs that you're buying in the store. 
So what might you find on the front of the label? What would some of these buzzwords be that manufacturers are putting on there to draw your attention? Well, one of the most popular ones these days is gluten-free. Everyone wants to go gluten-free. I remember when I went gluten-free, it was a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and I had never been interested in looking at food labels before at all. Um, I just, I didn't have, I didn't think I had any food sensitivities and I just ate whatever I wanted to eat. And I went gluten-free and that was right around when gluten-free foods were becoming kind of popular in the stores. So there was a gluten-free section in the aisle with all of like what we were just talking about, the pasta and the cake mix and the gluten-free donuts. I remember there was actually these gluten-free donuts in the freezer that I would eat almost every single day because I thought they were healthy. Um, But I really thought, you know, wow, this is so amazing that there's all these healthy foods. And for a while, I'm pretty sure the majority of my food was from that gluten-free section. And it was mostly like pastry, bready types of things, gluten-free muffins and stuff like that. And, you know, I did notice that my health improved, but that's because I had a severe sensitivity or maybe even an allergy to gluten, but it barely improved. Like my most severe symptom improved, but all of my hundreds of other symptoms didn't when I was eating those things. Well, so that's really interesting. So you got drawn into the gluten-free because you heard that it was good for you. Is that right? Well, I don't think I heard that. I think I just assumed or I never really thought about it because I thought, oh, great. You know, it's so hard for me to give up gluten. That was really hard for me at the time that this is so amazing that it's like I don't even have to give it up because I can just eat all of these other things that taste just as good um, and are just as available. And I just thought, you know, I'm supposed to give up gluten. So that's what I'm that's what I did. Yeah. So it seems like it would make logical sense just to go for the cookies that are gluten-free instead of the regular ones. Like, of course they would be healthy. But Mm -hmm. today we're investigating that 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 isn't such the case. That isn't the case that just because it says gluten-free, it doesn't mean it's healthy. There's a lot of other things to look at. Yeah, and another one would be um, the the topic of being like low sugar or sugar-free or naturally sweetened. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was another time after I gave up gluten, about a year later, I decided to give up sugar. And I really didn't do a lot of research. I just realized that sugar is not a healthy food and I wanted to cut it out, mostly for skin, uh, um, skin benefits. And... I was eating lots of fruit and lots of honey and agave and fructose. And I would always look in the ingredients of these gluten-free things and, and I would find the one that didn't say sugar, but it, I, I didn't realize that all of this other stuff is sugar too. Like it would be sweetened with honey or, you know, like I said, fructose. And I really thought that I was going sugar-free until about a year after that when somebody pointed out to me that those things are also sugar. And I started to get quite a bit more educated. But, you know, that, that phrase, something free, sugar-free, gluten-free, really does make you think like, oh, great, you know, I get a freebie with this one. It's like a pass. Yeah. Yep, dairy-free, fat-free, mm-hmm. all of those free ones. That's a good point. It, it, it makes you think that you want to have a free pass or that you get a free pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another big label is natural, and that one is just plastered 
everywhere on cereals as well as chicken and eggs. But, you know, natural does not mean that it's organic. It doesn't mean that the food is free of chemicals, and it doesn't even mean that the food is nutritious. And I'll just read a definition here. I know you all like facts, all you listeners. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety an inspection service, they define natural as a product containing no artificial ingredients or added colors, and it's minimally processed. So basically, natural just means there's no artificial colors or ingredients added, and it could still be processed. So a lot of times we see that natural on things like chicken. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, go ahead, Madeline. Or you could get like, a natural bag of sugar. Yep, natural sugar. Or you might see fruit snacks. These are natural. And just the thought of natural sounds so pleasant, and it sounds like it's going to be very beneficial to us. But there's a lot of other things that might be hidden under that label. And then the word organic. So organic is a good thing to be looking for. So we, we're not saying here that we don't want to get organic food, but just going with organic food without taking into consideration what the other ingredients are is not doing yourself a service. It's doing yourself a disservice. For example, if you're getting organic cookies, those are going to still be cookies if they're organic or they're not organic. So what exactly does organic mean? Well, there are a few different definitions. So just the term plain organic means that that there's 95% of the ingredients that are organic. And what that means then, it goes a little deeper, that means that those ingredients were produced without any pesticides or artificial artificial chemicals. Or if it's a meat, that means the animals have not been fed non-organic foods. Now, so, so an organic food would be like, like let's say I'm going to buy an organic apple. Then that means the apple did not have pesticides. Is that what you're saying? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Yes. And, then, and then if I'm going to buy like organic beef, does that mean like... Can you explain that again? Sure. If you're thinking about or buying organic beef, that means that the cows have been fed organic corn, organic feed, organic whatever they're eating. It's, it's organic. It's not been sprayed with pesticides, and there are no hormones added to it. Mm. So we've learned in a number of other shows that when you're buying something like beef, you want it to be grass-fed beef. So that means like the cows eat grass, not corn. Yep. So if you're getting organic beef and it's been fed organic corn, that wouldn't really be what we're looking for, right? Yep, absolutely. Yes. So what you're really looking for with the, the if you're talking about the good quality meat, Madeline, you were right. It's 100% grass-fed. But if it's organic, those cows might still have been eating grains, and cows are not meant to be eating grains. Mm. Um, so the word organic, when you're talking about meat or dairy or chicken or fish or eggs or butter, that doesn't mean really much of anything of matter to us. We are, we're not going to worry about that. So would you mostly be looking for organic, like, 
produce? Yes, organic produce. And then if you're buying packaged foods, then you do want to choose organic foods. Um, I'll just back up and talk about the organic produce. So those are real foods. You, you pull them out of the ground. The farmer picks them or whatever, harvests these, these vegetables from the fields, and that's what they are. They're washed, and then they're put in the store, and that's what there is. There's no processing that's been done. But processed foods, of course, have been processed much more. So although they're organic, there's going to be a lot of other ingredients in there. So you can't just go by or the word organic when you're buying packaged foods. Okay. So like if you were going to get like an organic apple, again, that would be like a really good idea to choose yeah. organic. But if you're going to be getting like those like apple pies from the gas station that are in packages, <laughs> those you probably wouldn't care even if it's organic because it's by then it doesn't make much difference. Exactly. Right? Yep. Exactly. So for example, um, there's, there's an organic, I'm just looking at my list here, like an organic olive oil, that would be a pure thing. So that's going to be a whole food and that you could get. But yeah, like if it's an apple pie, well, what might there be in there? There's going to be organic apples and then whatever the crust is, maybe they use some organic ingredients to make a crust. But like organic sugar and organic yep. wheat and organic Crisco. Well, That's yep, such thing. exactly. Yep. Or exa uh, organic butter or organic wheat, or you said that other products like that. But then there's going to be a lot of other added ingredients. Like there might be some added flavorings or there might be some added colorings. And just because it says organic, they can still put those things in there. And what about like preservatives, especially yeah. in those foods that are, are like in a package that sit on the shelf? Yep. Yeah, that those could have the preservatives in them as well. Now, one word, natural flavorings or the word spices, those are pretty generic words that we don't really know what that means exactly. It's a cover-up. It's a word that's covering up what's actually in that food. So natural flavorings could actually be a real thing. It could be a natural flavoring, an extract, maybe like an almond extract, or it could be code for MS or gluten or any other any other chemicals that are acting as preservatives. So I would think that whoever is making the food, the manufacturer, they probably know that like let's say the real ingredient is almond extract. Mm -hmm. They probably would just put almond extract versus Absolutely. like if they have a bunch of MSG also, then maybe they would put flavorings to cover it up. So you would think like if it's truly a pure food, they would just put that on there, wouldn't they? Yes. Yep, absolutely. Oh, you know, it looks like it's time to take a break. So when we come back, we'll continue our talk. And we also are taking callers today. We want to hear your questions about shopping in the grocery store or about anything that you hear on the show. And what you're hearing today, is this new information for you? Or do you have an experience to share? We want to hear. Call us at one 866 Six four seven two five seven nine two, or join the conversation by tweeting hashtag Body Balance Talk. We'll be back in a minute.
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy and I'm here with Madeline today. And just before the break, we were talking about different labels you might see or different words you might see on the front of food labels. And we want to hear about your experiences with this topic or any questions that you have. Call us in or you can tweet us or you can post on Facebook to join the conversation. So we were talking about the word organic and you see that word often on packaged food items. And when you see organic in terms of organic apples or organic broccoli or organic lettuce, the produce, great. Go for that for sure. But when you see the word organic on a box of crackers or a carton of frozen chicken, a piece of frozen chicken, well, that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. So on chicken, that's a really big one that you see a lot of different words. So we talked about before the break that organic in terms of meat and poultry doesn't mean anything more than those animals were fed organic food. And now chickens, they're meant to be outside running around in the sunlight, in the fresh air, scratching in the dirt, and they have their little beaks. So their beaks are meant to be digging furrowing into the soil and they're supposed to be eating bugs. So these chickens do have a wide variety of of diet available to them. They eat the bugs and and grass and they can eat corn as well. But we want it to be organic corn. But what are some other words that you might see on these labels for chicken? You might see free range. And free range. Well, I just mentioned that we want these chickens to be buzzing around outside. We want them to be free range. But that word free range, 
The legal definition is that they have access to the outdoors. So this could mean, if you're drawing a picture in your mind, this could mean a huge barn filled with chickens, and the chickens aren't in cages. The chickens are just running around in the barn, but there's so many of them that they're packed in there. And maybe way down at the other end of the barn, there's a little door that gets opened once a day for 15 minutes. So maybe one or two chickens wander outside for 15 minutes or so. Or maybe if you open that door, all there is is cement and there's no grass. So now these chickens aren't aren't really truly having access to the outdoors. So if you're seeing the word free range on a package of chicken or a package of eggs, same thing there, that's not going to tell you a whole lot about the quality of the food. Instead, you're going to want to talk to the farmer or talk to the butcher who has knowledge of the farmer and ask, are these chickens raised outdoors most of their life? Another food that, or another word that you would find on packages of chickens is hormone-free. Well, that one for sure doesn't mean anything to us because in the United States, it's illegal to give chickens and other poultry hormones. So again, this is the manufacturers thinking, oh, these consumers are looking for hormone-free meat, so let's put it on there. Even though, of course, obviously, it's going to be hormone-free. Let's put it on there, and it attracts buyers to our product. Mm. Now, you know, it looks like we have a few callers here. Lily from Wisconsin is on the line. Lily, what can we do for you? Hi. You were talking about purchasing gluten-free foods, and I currently am gluten-free. And I've read a lot that there are some hidden sources of gluten, and can you speak to what might I look for on labels to avoid those hidden sources on of gluten? Yes, absolutely. Well, there are some um, some things you would look for right off the bat. You would look for if there's any wheat in the product. And Madeline, do you want to talk? Take this up for a moment. Are you talking, Lily? Are you talking about like actual ingredients that don't say gluten or wheat, but they have? gluten or wheat hidden in them or are you talking about foods like like soup like something in general that you would get at a restaurant I'm talking about both just because I've recently gone gluten free but I get really confused when I look at the label sometimes or I'm, or I'm in restaurants Sure. Okay, so let's start with the topic of of restaurants um typically all soup has gluten in it um okay. same thing with something like meatballs and meatloaf. So those are the three that I just can think of off the top of my head. Um, they use mm-hmm. wheat to um, to do two things. They use wheat to make the food more addictive, so you keep on eating it and you keep coming back. So even if, like, mm-hmm. soup broth, it really doesn't need wheat in there, but that's why they put it in there. They also sometimes put it in foods to thicken it a little bit. Like, they put it in meatballs or meatloaf to make more bulk, so it's larger. Um, okay. Uh, so those are things you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. I believe vinegar contains gluten. Yes. Yeah. So if you're looking at any packages and if you see vinegar as one of the food items, that would be something to avoid. So like okay. ketchup, yep. for example, you could look for gluten-free ketchup or make your own, but that has vinegar in it. Lots of dressings and um, all different types of sauces and foods yeah. like that have gravies have, have that in there. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, that other, uh, bouillon. I know that that happens to have gluten. You can buy that at the grocery store in the package section. It's like a broth type of kit. Um, Mm -hmm. Off the top of my head, that's all I can think of. Uh, Is that helping you, Lily? That's that's really helpful because sometimes it's just really confusing and overwhelming looking at labels. And I know you can get some certified gluten-free items, but it's Mm -hmm. just helpful for when you're going grocery shopping or going out. So I just wanted to check it. And, you know, every time I go to a restaurant, unless I know that I've eaten there and I've already asked about this, I always pick out what I'm going to order. And it might even be something like salmon and steamed broccoli. And I ask them, is this gluten-free? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it actually isn't, which is kind of unbelievable because it's a piece of fish and a plain vegetable. But they put it on there somehow. So you can ask them at the restaurants, just, is this Mm -hmm. gluten-free? And they'll know. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for your call. Thanks and then we've so got. Much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now I'm going to add on to this for a moment and talk for a moment about this gluten free. So we are all for going gluten free, and we've talked about gluten in past shows and what some of the problems with eating gluten as well as other grains are. But what we talk about, instead of just going to all of these gluten-free products like the gluten-free macaroni and the gluten-free frozen dinners, instead you switch to more of a whole foods diet. So that would be vegetables, lots of fresh or frozen vegetables, good fats like olive oil or coconut oil or pasture butter, and then really good sources of protein like the the good free-range chicken or good eggs or the 100% grass-fed beef. And you make that the basis of your diet. Yeah, that way it makes it actually quite easy to um, go through the experience of reading labels and avoiding certain foods because there are no labels on things like broccoli and kale, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Most of what you buy is going to be an actual food item. And then you, you know, put it all together and make it at home rather than like I was at somebody's house the other day. And I saw a nice frozen package of white rice and cut up peas and corn and, and just kind of thought, oh, you know, that's, I haven't eaten something like that in years. Like I can't believe people still are buying frozen things like that, frozen meals. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yes. And um, one of the other things about these gluten-free packaged foods is that they are just laden. They're filled with other ingredients that you don't want to be eating. And hopefully in the show, we'll get to some of these ingredients like tapioca and potato starch or brown rice flour or modified tapioca starch. And these are very, very simple starches. They're very processed. And it would it's these aren't things that you want to be having in your diet because they they lead to higher blood sugar health issues down the line low mood low energy and they're also loaded with that sugar and when people take that gluten out like madeline mentioned that they often put flour in soups or in other foods to make them more appealing taste-wise, and make them so you just can't stop eating them, make them addictive. So when they take the gluten out of these foods, they need to put something else in its place to make it taste better, and that's usually the sugars. You know, I was at, that just reminded me of a story. I was at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago with a group of people, and there was a man there who is extremely health conscious, and he chooses his foods carefully. 
and he had some like lettuce wrap taco type of things and it appeared to just be like meat and vegetables and lettuce kind of Mexican Maybe style some sauce on it yep some pico de gallo or something like that and he had just a few like an, an amount that you would normally choose to eat at one meal and then there was extra on his plate and he said wow you know, they must put something in this food that makes you want to keep eating because I'm full, but I want to keep eating and that's not normal for me. And they do put, th- they do, there's probably a trace of some type of MSG or gluten or something in his food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it looks like we've got Lizzie from New York on the phone as well. Hi, Lizzie. Hello, ladies. I've been listening for a year and I just, it just reinforces um, you know, the good eating behavior, but... Well, great, but, thanks. But, you know, I'm keep hearing that MSG thing, and I had a terrible reaction. I, I had to call 911. But I'm, even though I'm careful, I see that it's in everything, or they just gloss over it. So, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't know. I just... Yes. I don't know how we can avoid it. I guess just not eating any packaged foods. Sure. Well, you know, that brings up a good point. And we do recommend go without packaged foods or very minimal. I mean, there's going to be some packaged Mm -hmm. foods like olive oil is in a package and your coconut milk is in a can. But that's one way to do it. And then there's many, many different sources of hidden MSG or hidden names for MSG. So do you ever look for some of those in your packaged foods? Well, you know, I did talk to somebody about the MSG because, you know, I had to call 911 because I couldn't breathe. And um, I went to the, the to the site about MSG, and they said that um, it's okay to put it in the packaged food. I guess it's um, the U.S. government or whatever. I can't remember what site I went to, but they they say it's okay to put it in food. Yeah. But I was yep. wondering why, if you have a react, you know, but it has sure. many, many, it's like 10, 20 um, different names for MSG. Yes, absolutely. Well, first, with your first um, concern, they do put it in, and everybody has different levels of reactions. So for you, mm-hmm. that would have been scary. It sounds like you had a really big reaction to this MSG. And other people don't really notice any reaction at all. And then there's a third scenario where people are so used to eating either MSG or other chemical type foods where their whole system is numbed down and they don't notice any reaction. So have you oh. ever noticed something like that? Like say that you're, you're eating the same food all the time and then you stop eating it just maybe because you're taking a break or you went on a vacation. And then when you come back, you might have noticed that either maybe that food tasted way better than it ever did before, or now you get a reaction to it. That is true because I pretty much, since listening to your show, I've been eating vegetables and meats. Okay. And when occasionally I do, because um, I think I went, to a, I went to a restaurant and I had a gluten-free pizza and I thought I was doing wonderful I was sick the next day. Ah. Oh, no. So yes. I understand. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, thanks yeah. a lot, ladies. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Lizzie. And then we have another caller here. It looks like Jacob from Texas is on the line. Hi, Jacob. Hello, Madeline. How are you ladies doing today? We're doing great. Yeah, Do you have wonderful. Do you have a question for us today? Absolutely. So 
I was listening to the young lady from New York uh, previously uh, who called in, and, and she mentioned that, you know, uh, she she ate some MSG and it had a, a very severe reaction to her, and and I didn't I didn't have the the same serious reaction, but um, speaking into that a little bit, um, I have a friend who who listens to the radio show, and she's very um, very educated in all the things you guys speak on, and I actually took a break from eating uh, rice and beef and actually switched over to to quinoa, and uh, I, I went back and ate some rice and beef. Uh, for the first time in about a month, and it gave me this really nasty, uh, cloudy head effect uh, where, where I almost didn't even feel like myself. And I guess it's just us, you know, uh, being programmed that, that that's when we start eating like that, and it just becomes part of how we naturally feel, and we don't know how to feel any other, any other way, but when you, when you really mm-hmm. clean up your diet, you'll notice uh, the slight improvements um, that, that you've made, when you go back to eating bad, it really affects you negatively. But my question was, um, I, I was shopping for some chicken last night, and I was looking at all the different chickens, and the, there were all these kind of labels like all natural and, you know, uh, gluten-free and free of antibiotics. And what specifically is the best kind of chicken that you can get? I know it said free range on there, uh, fed 100% mm-hmm. vegetables, but what is the best kind of chicken and also the best kind of beef you can actually uh, find in the stores. Sure. Well, let's talk about the chicken today. So before the break, or or before we answered callers, um, we were talking about the free range and the hormone-free words, and then the antibiotic-free. That's another one that doesn't mean very much because um, these chickens... If they if they're being fed antibiotics, that's something we want to avoid. But if it says antibiotic free, that doesn't tell us what kind of food that they're eating. So whenever we're thinking about meat, animals and and fat, animal-based fat like butter, we want to think about what has the animal been eating and what has it been doing. So with chickens, we want them to be outside roaming around eating bugs. So chickens are not vegetarians, and they might be eating some corn and soy, but it should be the non-genetically modified, non-GMO corn and soy. So it is tricky to shop for chicken in the store. Beef is easy. You look for 100% grass-fed. That's exactly what you want to get, 100% grass-fed beef, and that's simple. But with chickens, you need to delve deeper and either build a relationship with a farmer who can tell you exactly how these chickens are eating and living, or you build a relationship with a butcher who who knows these farmers. Like here in Minneapolis, we have a butcher shop down the street, and it's a small one, and they know those farmers. So if you walked in and said, do you have any free-range chicken? And then you pointed to this this chicken in the shelf, they would say, oh, yeah, that's Jim and Anna's farm. And then they can tell you all of the details about that chicken. So, so does that kind of answer your question for looking for chicken? Absolutely. It's just, I, I guess I really see what you're saying. It's really just knowing your stuff when you walk in there and knowing how to look past all the, um, the marketing words like uh, antibiotic-free and natural yeah. and different things like that. Now I know, and now when I go into the store, it's going to be much more of a breeze to shop versus very confusing. Yeah. So thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. 
Well, thank you, Jacob. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it looks like it's time for another break. So we'll be back in just a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy, and I'm here with Madeline. Hi, everybody. Hello. And before the break, we had a caller asking about how to find good quality chicken and beef in the store. And I had mentioned that finding beef is pretty simple, that when you go into the supermarket, whether it's it's just a regular one, like we have the Cub here, or you're going into Whole Foods or the Co-op, you're looking for 100% grass-fed beef. That should be on the label. So if you see anything different, like you see grass-fed and that's it, that's not one you want to get. So you put that back on the shelf and you look for 100% grass-fed. I'll just go a little further into this. When it says simply grass-fed, that could mean that the cows have been eating grass most of their lives, but then they've been finished off with corn. So towards the end, before they're going to be... um, slaughtered they eat corn and really with cows only 14 days of eating corn completely changes the fat content in that whole entire animal so i know today we haven't been talking too much about what grass-fed means but we want to have no corn in that animal at all You know, it's really difficult to find 100% grass-fed beef and true free-range chicken in the grocery store. And I've been to grocery stores before that specialize in healthy food. And I've asked the butcher, like, do you have 100% grass-fed beef? And then he says, oh, yep, that's the grass-fed beef. And I said, well, is that 100% grass-fed beef? And he says, oh, no, that's finished off with corn, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well... 
you know, that's nice and everything, but do you have 100% grass-fed beef? And he says, well, every Sunday morning we get it in and we get a small shipment and it sells out within the first 10 minutes of the store opening that day. Wow. So I think, oh, well, you know, I probably am not really going to go there for my source of meat anymore. And luckily I've found like smaller local co-ops and the butcher shop and some other farmers that I work with. But you can see that's really a, a health food store. And I had to ask about four or five questions to get the real answer from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it can be tricky. And Chicken, buying chicken in just the regular grocery store is even more tricky than buying beef. And really, we would encourage you to find a farmer and buy your chicken directly from the farmer or from a source who knows who the farmer is. Mm -hmm. Now, let's move on and talk about five main ingredients you want to look for when reading food labels. So today, we've been talking about lots of different things you want to be looking for. But to keep it simple for yourself, there's five main things you want to look for. And if you see any of these items, you put them back on the shelf and you move along. So I'll list them off and then go into more detail. Number one would be sugar. Are there any sources of sugar in this food? Number two, are there any sources of bad fats? And then three, are there any, is there MSG? Processed salt, is there any processed salt? And then last, are there any of these natural flavorings or spices? And for that one, you would only be able to find that on the ingredients list. So now we're turning the label around and we're looking at the ingredients list and you look for any sources of sugar. So there are tons of different names of sugar. There's probably over 250 different names that are used. Um, so some examples would be beet sugar. So anything that says the word sugar in it, beet sugar, brown sugar, palm sugar, raw sugar, organic raw sugar, turbinado sugar, Cane sugar, these are all sugars. Cane crystals or cane juice crystals. Coconut sugar is another one. So this is another this is a popular one lately that people have been asking me about. Coconut is just popping up more and more and more. And there's the coconut sugar. And yes, that is a sugar as well. Corn sweetener. So anything that's corn, corn sweetener, corn syrup corn syrup solids, dehydrated cane juice. Those would be different sugars. Evaporated cane juice. What about words ending in oats, like fructose? Absolutely. There are many of those. Lactose. Lactose is the milk sugar. So that might be added to a food. Or maybe you're looking at yogurt or you're looking at some milk. And if you looked and saw that there's lactose then you know that there's sugar in this food. Maltose is another one. Glucose, dextrose. Fructose is fruit sugar. And that one's one that's often added to foods. But it's often in there as well if there's real fruit in that food. So real fruit is great. It's not that real fruit is a bad food to be having. However... If you're taking that concentrated fruit sugar, the fructose, and putting it in some foods, that might really add up. Or if you're somebody who's specifically trying to avoid sugar, well, 
that could be a hidden source and you want to be aware of it and then make an informed decision. Another one is xylose with an X, X Y L O S E. That one is one where you might just brush off and think, oh, I don't know what that word is. And, but now you know it's a source of sugar. Maltodextrin is a sugar. Maltodextrin is also a form of corn, I think, too. It is. So if you're avoiding corn, that's a good one to look for. It's very, very common on packages. It is. And something about corn, um, not only do does corn fi- find its way in so many foods, um, we get a lot of corn this way. But the main problem with corn is that most of it is genetically modified. And it's specifically genetically modified to withstand large amounts of Roundup. That's a type of pesticide. And so the plant has been genetically modified to be able to have all of this Roundup dumped on it and all of the pesticides around the plant die off. Um, But that cannot be washed away. So you can't take some corn and wash away that pesticide. It's in that plant. And most of the corn, like I said, most of the corn in our food supply is this GMO corn. And maltodextrin is made from this corn. So getting that maltodextrin means you're also probably getting some of this pesticide Roundup as well. And then another thing that's a source of sugar is starch. So these aren't specifically sugars per se, but starch is a very simple ingredient, especially the ones found in baked goods like tapioca starch, corn starch, and there's the corn again, potato starch. Those are broken down your, by your body very quickly and quickly turned into sugar. So another ingredient that you want to be looking for on food labels are any sources of damaged or inflammatory fats or oils. So inflammatory fats or oils would be canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil, vegetable oil, or safflower oil. And instead, probably you're looking for some olive oil, especially if you're looking for a salad dressing. Now, it's interesting, well, I find it interesting that that I take these groups on grocery store tours, and the first question that they ask is, which salad dressing should I use? And they want a really easy, convenient product, and when we get to the salad dressing section, we look at the labels, and we look at the vinaigrettes, and we look at the olive oil and vinegar dressings, and very rarely do they have only olive oil in them. So instead, what you often find in dressings is that soybean oil or the canola or the sunflower oil. And the problem with these oils is that when you eat them, they're very inflammatory to your body. They create this source of internal inflammation. And we all know what inflammation is on the surface of our body. Like if you had a cut, it would become all red and swollen and it would be hot to the touch. Well, that same type of inflammation can happen inside the body. And in result... Blood pressure can rise, triglyceride levels can rise, cholesterol levels can rise, and illnesses come about. So if you do see a food that has any of these inflammatory fats in them, you want to put them back on the shelf. 
Third, are there any sources of MSG? So MSG, that stands for monosodium glutamate. And that's been added to food since the 1960s as a flavor enhancer. So there's this Asian flavor called umami. And that's kind of what this MSG tastes like. You'll find MSG in many Asian foods, as well as the condiments, seasonings, bouillon cubes, Madeline mentioned earlier, and snack foods like chips. And it's used as a seasoning to make this food taste better, but also to make it addictive. So you want to keep eating and eating and eating it. And we had an episode a few weeks ago on July 11th. It was called Brain on Fire. Listen to that radio show episode to learn more about the problems with MSG consumption. But what would some of the hidden names for MSG be? Well, one would just be glutamate. If you see anything with glutamate in the label, just eliminate that. Anything that's hydrolyzed, for example, hydrolyzed protein, that could be MSG. Calcium caseinate or sodium caseinate, those would be MSG. And that is newer to me. I didn't know that until I looked it up, that some of these things that have the words calcium or sodium or magnesium, they could be linked to MSG or to gluten. And often you might brush those aside and think, oh, those are just added vitamins and minerals, so I can have this food. But we see that these are actually minerals attached to something that creates this MSG or MSG-like effect in your food. Other things would be yeast, yeast extract or something called terula yeast or yeast food, yeast nutrients or autolyzed yeast. Food manufacturers use these foods, use these words in different ways, probably to confuse us a little bit here. So if we see something that we don't necessarily understand what it means, we're more likely to just go with buying that food. So other sources of MSG, gelatin. Now we're not talking about the gelatin, the Great Lakes gelatin that comes in the canister. We've talked about that on other shows. We're talking about here gelatin that's just listed on a food ingredient. Now, if you are making some really nice bone broth and that creates some gelatin, that's great to eat. And that's going to be completely free of MSG. Um, something else would be textured protein or anything that's just simply labeled protein and not any more explanation. That could be some of that MSG. Enzymes or enzyme modified, anything fermented. And again, we're not talking about your fermented vegetables or your fermented kefir that you make at home. Those are great fermentations and those are not going to have MSG. But if it's just a generic fermented, that could be covering up this MSG. And actually, MSG naturally is created through a fermentation process of rice or corn. So that could be what this is signifying here. Also, we see the cornstarch again. So cornstarch keeps showing up here. It's a source of MSG. It could be a source of sugar. It could be a source of gluten covered up underneath there. Lipolized butterfat. Oh. Yeah, what, I, what that is. That doesn't sound pleasant. Rice syrup or brown rice syrup. 
milk powder, reduced fat milk, or anything that's low fat or no fat, those could have MSG added to them to make it more flavorful and make you want to be eating this even more. So these are things, these are words you want to avoid if you're looking to avoid MSG. And then the fourth thing is, does it contain poor quality salt? So if the label just says salt, it's most certainly going to be processed table salt. Now, if it says sea salt, it still isn't um, certain what the quality of the salt is. So it's pretty likely to still be processed salt. So if you see anything that says salt or sea salt and you don't know what the source of the sea salt is, that would be something to avoid. The last thing to avoid are these natural flavorings. And we started talking about this earlier. But the, it's interesting that the legal definition of natural flavorings means it contains flavoring constituents derived from a spice, a fruit, a vegetable, a yeast, an herb, or a fermentation product. And its significant function in food is flavoring rather than nutritional. So these natural flavorings are not just natural flavorings added, like some vanilla extract or some lemon juice. In fact, they are the natural food, like lemon juice, and it's been processed and turned into something completely different and added to your food to make it so you want to keep eating it. So there's those five things. Sugar bad fats, MSG, bad salts, and then ambiguous words like natural flavorings. And if you pick up a package and see these, just set it down and walk away. Well, I learned a lot today. This was some yes. fascinating information. And thank you all for listening today. Yes, absolutely. We love to hear about your progress towards your amazing health. Post on Facebook, and we have a new website. It's studiotimeout.com. Find the blog on there and find other information. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.